Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, it goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, Andor Ola. I am Spud Goodman. Spud Man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Welcome, one and all, to what some feel is a pretty darn cool radio show. Now, I will stipulate that my projection that this show, you know, being termed cool is, is not widely held, but I know for a fact that at least a couple listeners feel it to be true. Truth isn't truth. So, see, the goal is to expand beyond my friends and neighbors ultimately. I mean, with that being said, why don't I now just introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, and get this thing started? Can you give us a state of the art chortle? Um, you know, let's just start the thing off with a bang. Go ahead. Well, you've. Got it. <laughs> there you go. All right, not not bad at all. One of your better chortles. Thank and you. now I'm ob- yeah, and I'm obligated now to introduce our, our show's temporary permanent co-host Gerald Holcomb. Go ahead. This is your opportunity to acknowledge my acknowledgement. Don't take advantage and abuse my generosity. Just express your gratitude by exuding thankfulness. Okay. Oh, uh, right. Okay, well, I, I am thankful. Uh, thankful for this position as your wingman, Spud. You know, I take Wing, the wingman. Wait, 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 well, that—that's a bit of an exaggeration. Let's be real. I, I mean, well, we never go out for drinks. You know, and, and when you would look out for my romantic interests, uh, that's never happened. Uh, we also never go to like baseball or basketball games, and then you would maybe go get me another beer or hot dog, and letting me stay in my seat so I don't miss any action. That's never happened and and of course you, you've never helped me move and oh, yeah, well, also you you, you, you but you've never asked me to help you move i, well, I would have been there for you yeah all you had to do was ask you know people lie a lot so you got to be on your toes well you've moved out of your apartment uh, listen you've been there for years so no I, no no I, 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 i'm still there okay and, but if i did have to move i'm not 100 percent sure you would be there for me Hey, and not come up with some lame excuse to get out of it. That's probably well, what well, happened. Hey, Spud, Spud, you know yeah. I would be there if you had to move, but you've been in that apartment of yours for over, what, 15 years? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty sweet situation. Like a Dunkin', you know, donuts uh, for breakfast, a Taco Bell for lunch and dinner, and, and like a, a decent mini mart, uh, you know, for, for, for beer and Funyuns and stuff. They're all within three blocks of me. So mm. it's no need to move, right? at least right now. Anyway, well, let me get down to what I, what I want to discuss on the show. I've done a lot of thought about what's going on in our country right now, you know, after the election. Uh, thank God it's over. 
I mean, the, there will obviously be years of complaining from Trump. It's never going to be over for him and his followers. But, you know, because, you know, they, they feel that they were screwed by those darn mail-in ballots. But most people are moving on like like we Democrats had to do in, you know, 2016, right? It was tough back then. We didn't immediately complain about bogus votes. You know, we focused on, you know, like Russian collusion instead of, you know, because it, it was much more sexier. No collusion. Yeah, but if you're going to bring up the election, or or should I say the illegitimate election, so full of fraud, then I would like to say a few things. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Why are we bringing up this topic? It's over. So let's move on as a country. Is that uh, too much to ask? Well, I would like to announce my commitment to reconcile with all the Trump supporters out there Yes, even you, Gerald. I mean, there, there's there been a divide between us over the last four years. I mean, yeah, of course, everybody knows this, as wide as the Grand Canyon. But now is the time to bridge that gap, right? It's it's the correct thing to do. Uh, hello? Is anybody going to introduce me? Oh, sweetie, I am so sorry. Spud, do your job and warmly greet Chance. How could you forget about him again? Okay, I, I, I just spaced. All right, Mr. Most Popular Person on the show, or, or so they say. Uh, okay, here is our intern chance. Uh, okay, say something. As I am a volunteer, it's not incumbent on me to entertain the listeners. That responsibility falls on your shoulders, Spud. I just want to be acknowledged, and yes, I am the most popular person on this little radio show. Uh, it's no big deal. It's not like the show itself is anything to crow about, so I try to keep my popularity in perspective. And that's important. Well, I'm going to ignore your snide comments and steer this conversation back to what I wanted to discuss. You know, a possible reconciliation between all of us Americans, the Biden and Trump voters. It's time we all got along. Don't you guys, do you guys think that? I mean, are you with me on this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so agree with you, Spud. Once the truth is exposed about how the deep state rigged this election and denied Donald Trump a second term, then I am all in with reconciliation. Stop being weak! Gerald, dear, don't be a sore loser. It's not very becoming. No, no, Mrs. Jarvitz, I'm just saying that it's clear to most Americans the fix was in on election night when President Trump was so far ahead and then magically the next day he was behind. That was the deep state pulling the strings. It's true for sure. And it only makes common sense. Gerald, you really should stay off YouTube. Those wacky QAnon videos you watch has done some serious brain damage. Why don't you stick with that Hallmark channel you love so much? Hey, that's, that's pretty good advice from an intern. And dude, uh, Gerald, I'm speaking to you. Uh, it, it takes time, you know, yeah. to count mail-in votes. Some states, you know, run by Republicans, ordered those votes to not be counted until Election Day, you know, to, to create confusion and chaos. Uh, you know, and as the totals came in the day after, you know, people were that weren't weren't exactly informed were surprised. It was it was pretty smart if you wanted to blow up our democracy. But <sighs> anyway, let's let's just check out some music right now. Well, let's lead off, you know, with this song from 
The rockabilly great Glenn Honeycutt, it was recorded in 1956 and released on Sun Records. Here is Hula Lula. Hula Hula Lula wants a good time, puffing like a ninja on a rock out of line. Who walks with the mood, who wiggles and chimps, turning me around like a flying jenny. Hula Hula Lula is a man's friend, knows how to shake him up and just to win. Hula Hula Lula wants a good time, and if you don't want a Kulula, gotta love her all the time. Well, hula hula lula, when the bell's rung, sneaking through the window of a homeroom. One foot up, the other on the ground. A man take a feather and knock me down. Hula hula lula is a man's friend, and knows how to shake him up and just a win. Hula hula lula wants a good time, and if you don't want a kulula, gotta love her all the time. Hula hula lula from the schoolroom, sweeping down a hall like a new broom. Can't make an A, not even a B, but man, oh man, how she scored with me. Hula hula lula is a man and friend, and knows how to shake them up and just to win. Hula hula lula wants a good time, and if you don't want a kulula, gotta love her all the time. Hey, this is Sarah Silverman, and I am on the Spud Goodman Show. I don't know how my career got this low. Say, Spud, your yeah. first guest, Chris Sullivan. Now, how did you get Toby from This Is Us to come on this show? Yeah, he's on a really popular TV series. You know, it's a favorite of the Holcomb family. Yes, the romantic scenes can get a bit too randy, but overall, we love it. Well, my aim is to please you and your family. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris has done a bunch of other stuff, too, besides This Is Us. He has a new record out now, but, but yeah, it's a really popular TV show. I think he was nominated for an Emmy last year for Best Supporting Actor on it. Well, I think Chris is a hunk myself. Yes, yes, a very sexy man. He's been in a few dreams of mine. Uh, that's pre-chance, of course. That's so hot. yeah. I know you always used to be with kind of big guys, you know, hefty guys, and now your fiancé chance is so, I don't know, skinny? Uh, that's one way to put it. He, he needs two belts to keep his jeans from dropping off, and he still sags. Let's be real, the guy has no butt. Spud, your butt is so soft and untoned, you'll soon need cheek implants just to sit in a chair comfortably. It looks like a flat tire. Honey, look at this. Oh, you guys, no need to argue about this. I'm sorry I brought up my prior attraction to this guest. Yeah, you're right, Aunt Dorothy. I'll be the bigger person here, okay? Just, just put Chris through, please. Yeah, right. Here is Toby. I mean, Chris. Say hello to actor and musician Chris Sullivan. Thanks for coming on our show, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so most everyone's aware of your work on the NBC show This Is Us, airing Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central, playing the character Toby. But you have a new album out under the name of Joseph the Spouse. It's titled Six Feet From Under. Hey, uh, let, let's just check out a little bit uh, of Laughing As Hard As I Can. It's the first cut off the record. And just like that you've had enough So you're packing up your stuff you said that this idea is dead 
in your life what artists have influenced your record and what's in your own heavy rotation you know i've i I grew up on country and folk music i listened to a lot of uh john prine growing up a lot of uh dylan uh, a lot of johnny cash willie nelson um and so they've all i mean country music has definitely played a played a huge influence on on a lot of my music and my musical tastes over uh, over the years. Right now, in my rotation, I've got a lot of uh, I got a lot of Dawes. Um, let's see, what are what are the things I've downloaded most recently? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Beatles stuff lately. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of uh, the Avett Brothers, a lot of oh, First yeah. Aid Kit. Oh yeah, um, a lot of them. Paul Simon. Uh, yeah. Huh, super. All right. Oh, let me hit you with this. Uh, on This Is Us, your your character's wife, Kate, played by Chrissy Metz, is a singer. Any chance you guys like are going to compete in a sing-off on the show? Because do, do you feel a TV marriage can survive with two singers, each with their own career aspirations? It could get ugly. Yeah, I think they. I think that's why the, the writers have, have kept, <laughs> kept Toby a, uh, a non-singing entity. Well, hey, as popular as This Is Us has become, I- I'm guessing no one had the feeling it would resonate with the public like like it has uh, when you did the pilot. I mean, you did, was this a big surprise to to most of you? Yeah, I mean, we we knew when we read the pilot episode that it was one of the best episodes of television we had ever read. So there was that. Also, we had 90 million views of our trailer on Facebook, so we knew people were connecting with the, with the show even before they had seen it Mm -hmm. but we hadn't i mean you can never have any idea that it's going to be you know five years later we're still going to be the number one show on tv it's it's hard it's hard to guess at that but we're we're pretty lucky uh yeah definitely well you know personally i'd have to say the the show has impacted my life ever since that episode with the crock pot causing the house fire i have not used my own crock pot since and i used to cook with it all the time (laughs) my diet has changed dramatically since that episode aired i can't be the first person that said that you, no, yeah, you used to you used to be able to slow cook. Yeah, you enjoyed it, but now 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 you have to speed things up a little bit using using the pots and pans and things like that. And it's a big transition for a lot of people, but uh, I think I, I think hopefully people are making it seamlessly. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you know, you, you appeared on the HBO series Camping, which I found to be very funny. It was a great cast. I'm I'm a big Brett Gelman fan. Uh, no chance that one's coming yeah, back, too. huh? Um, I don't know what's I don't know what the plans are for for that show. I know that that season uh, was meant to stand alone. Uh, so I, I don't know if they're gonna anthologize that and bring back maybe a, a different uh, a different vacation or, or what. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was an amazing cast of people. Yeah, it was. It was very 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 funny show. Well. Well, growing up, was showbiz always the focus to pursue? Like, like I wanted to be an astronaut. How about you? Were there other interests that you planned to pursue outside of maybe being an actor or musician? I mean, getting attention was always the pursuit. <laughs> I had a lot of energy. 
let's put it that way. And and my my mom was was smart enough to recognize that she could direct that energy towards uh, performing. And um, and so I early on in high school got into uh, the theater community and went on to study in college and studied over in England for a little while and and. As soon as I realized it was an actual job that people had and they got paid for it, I, uh, I was pretty set in the idea of, of making it my my life's, life's path. All right. All right. Super. Well, Chris, if, if you were suddenly named the leader of the planet Earth, what would be your first oh, proclamation? Geez. Like like mega exec, like an, a mega executive order? Not MAGA, but mega executive order? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um my my first executive order yeah. would be that everyone sit down, be quiet, and take a deep breath. All right. Okay. All right, that's a good first step. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the smallest and most important of first steps. Okay. All right. Spud. What? Well, I, I have to jump in here and respond to your snide remark about that mega, not MAGA, executive order. History will show that all of Donald Trump's executive orders were the most well thought out and impactful executive orders ever ordered by any president. Hashtag make America great again. Hey, Chris, just a sec. And no worries. It wasn't a snide remark. From here on out, when anyone uses the word mega, they're going to have to clarify that they did not mean mega, you know, enunciate clearly. It just sounds too darn close to that really mean and cruel word. My bad. Oh, I just quit using that mega word altogether. No need to take the risk. Yeah, I just should have chosen my words more carefully and went with magnificent executive order. You guys... Both mega and maga are perfectly fine words that can be used in our daily conversations and communication. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, just let me get back to Chris. I have returned. Okay, great. Well, let, let me end with this. This is uh, obviously my my trite uh, talk show host question, but Chris Sullivan, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? Oh wow. My most memorable moment in showbiz. Um, you know, it was early on in my career, one of my first shows that I did in Chicago was called The Ballad of Emmett Till. Oh. And it was a it was a it was a heavy duty show. Yeah. And yeah. um and after our, our opening uh, night, um, we were at the party and everyone was, was glad handing and, uh, and across the room walks this man and he walks right up to me and he puts his hand on my shoulder and I'm standing at the bar and I can turn around and it's, it's Morgan Freeman. Oh, wow. And he, he, he says, I, uh, I just had to come over and uh, and let you know that uh, I thought you did I thought you did a wonderful job tonight. So. And we proceeded to have a, uh, a two minute conversation of which I remember nothing. I completely <laughs> blacked out uh, speaking to uh, one of the legends in our industry. God, and, basically uh, the voice of God. Yeah, the, <laughs> exactly. 
and uh, I don't know. It was it was one of it was one of the more um, you know earth shaking moments in uh, in my career. Oh, yeah, that's the one that popped to mind first. Well, thank you for sharing that. All right, well, I know you got to scoot, so let me remind everyone that your new album, recorded under the name of Joseph the Spouse, Six Feet From Under, is now available wherever records are sold, and if not, ask for it. Hey, uh, just thanks a whole bunch for checking in with us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Mr. Chris Sullivan. The Spud Goodman Show. It has some merit. Back to the music. Here's a song from the Los Angeles band Death Valley Girls. It's off their 2014 album, Electric High. Coincidentally, it's titled Electric High 2. Hit it.
more fun and excitement in store in the second half of the Spud Goodman Radio Show right after this brief intermission. We're the Black Tones. We are the Black Tones. I'm Eva. And I'm Cedric. Cedric, who's playing bass? His name is Robbie. Robbie. Robbie's playing bass. This is a Spud Goodman show. Spud Goodman, I'm deleting you off my Facebook. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. We share the same Facebook. I guess that means I'm deleting Spud, too. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Mm. The Spud Goodman show. Spud. Spud. Goodman. Goodman. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Okay, where, where did we leave off in working out some kind of peace treaty with any Trump supporters on this show? <laughs> oh, you know quite well, Gerald is the only Trump supporter on this show. Yes! Let's just be honest with the listeners. Yeah, okay, well... I may be the only supporter of the very best president in the history of this country on this little radio show. But I know there are 73 million others out there just like me. So you might want to keep that in mind during this discussion. We aren't going anywhere. And that's why I think it would be best if we all, you know, worked out some kind of agreement so, so we can move on and make America not so mean again, okay? Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Come on. Uh, I heard some guy on TV that said data from Republican voters revealed that they only respect really aggressive candidates. I'm going to beat the holy hell out of one of you. You know, like, the meaner, the better. If Twitter and Facebook were to magically disappear, this country would be a much better place. Not a bad suggestion. Uh, what about that TikTok thing, too? Well, no, absolutely not, Spud. That is an essential tool for so many to express themselves. Just stick with the old people's apps, okay? Seriously. Now, regarding Twitter, I already made the switch to Parler and chance without facebook how would we get our news and information well how about a newspaper don't be so cheap gerald pay for your information hell will freeze over and not like that epic times you know or the daily caller or, or newsmax i'm right. talking about a real newspaper one with like a sports section and a crossword puzzle too uh, you listen, Facebook gives my wife, Rachel, and I all the information we need. Like uh, from that super smart Dan Bongino, uh, he's a real newsman. You know, it's really? Right. Well, yeah. And it's great to have all the news we want to read pre selected for us each day. We never have to pay for <laughs> the liberal rantings you see in most of those big city newspapers. Look, alternative facts are not facts. I would be scared to look at what garbage Facebook sends you each day, Gerald. My Uncle Greg probably gets what you do. He's not a very stable person. His ex-wife has a restraining order out on him. You know, it's pretty clear when you look at, you know, uh, closely look at, at the data from the election. that There, there are two Americas, uh, it's obvious, urban and rural. It, it, it's, it's like it breaks down to there are city mouses and country mouses. And I'm a city mouse for sure, but you 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 kind of live in, in between those areas as you live in the suburbs, Gerald. I I don't I don't know what kind of mouse to call that. I I do know most of the female mouses who live there are 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 now never Trumpers. That's that's what I read. Uh, they don't like them at all. Uh, it's all fake news. Well, my suburban wife adores Donald Trump. So that data you refer to does not seem very accurate. I think it's data. 
Well, I also live in the suburbs, and I can assure you, or anyone listening, I would rather swallow bleach than have voted for Donald Trump. Well, that won't be necessary ever again, Aunt Dorothy. He's not like Jason. He's not like Jason. He he was beaten. No matter how much he whines about it, he's history. Well, (sighs) at least until 2024. You go, yeah. you, you are so wrong about him being defeated. And yes, 2024 is right around the corner. And Donald and Ivanka are waiting in the wings, too, in 2028 through 2036. So the Trumps are not going anywhere. Will you shut up? Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! Uh, that statement was uncalled for. You know, mo- most people listening... Sure. Just threw up in their mouths, if not actual projectile vomiting. Kanye is keeping his options open, too. He might be back. I'd vote for him. Not for president, but maybe for Speaker of the House or something. I know you are a Kanye fan, honey, but he's not right in the mind. Which is fine for a rapper, of course, but but not so much for a national political leader. Don't go out there with that hat on. Hey, Trump got four years in the White House with a really messed up mind, so I'm not so sure that you can rule out Kanye in the future. Why doesn't someone right now just just go check and see if our next guest is ready to go? Yeah, uh, uh, Spud, your next guest, Justin Willman, is waiting to speak with you. You know, Uh I'm excited to hear what he has to say, as we're both magicians. Uh, There's um, sort of a fraternity with those of us who are involved in this aspect of show business. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. Just because you can do a couple card tricks, uh, you think you can call yourself a magician? Like you call yourself a stand-up comedian, too, because you've done a couple open mic nights at your neighborhood sports bar? Gerald, the card trick I saw you do at the studio was so lame. I thought you were doing a bit in your stand-up routine, and I used the word routine generously. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I know some of you might be feeling a bit of jealousy in that I've developed so many platforms in which I can perform publicly. Hell no, you haven't! I am, as they say, old school. When, uh, you know, back in the day, entertainers had to do so many skills in their act. Well, keep your mouth shut during my conversation with Justin, all right? He's a big-time magician. He has a Netflix show, Magic for Humans, and now it seems like, I think it's like in its third season... So just keep it down and put him through, please. Yeah, here he is. Please welcome magician, comedian, producer, and TV host, Justin Willman. Hey, we appreciate you coming on our show. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So all three seasons of your show, Magic for Humans, are up on Netflix right now. And during the current pandemic, you have transitioned to an online show, uh, Magic for Humans at Home, via Justin Willman. Uh, dot com slash virtual man you're still going strong full speed ahead during these times huh i feel like you know season three of uh, my netflix show came out in may and you know obviously it's like a weird time to have this thing you were excited about pounding the pavement promoting and it's uh, what i learned is like man it came out at the perfect time people needed an escape people needed to get out of reality and that's like what magic is made for obviously it's like Magic is about kind of violating the laws of reality. And the fact that this show was able to come out at a time where I think people really 
like craved it. it was great and now that you know we're still in that shadow it feels like uh i can't let it stop there i kind of am craving connection you know and the ability to still entertain people and blow people's minds and luckily technology lets me do that so this used to be my dining room now it's the magic for humans at home studio i guess and been doing these zoom shows for thousands of people like it's a very cathartic awesome uh experience um, oh, let's, let's get into this. Being a magician isn't a gig that, you know, someone can just pick up over the weekend. I mean, I, I guess one could try, but it wouldn't be very impressive. You know, maybe, maybe he or she could maybe do a, a basic card trick, to, you know, or something like that. But to become a successful mu magician, it takes time and study. What age did you first get into it? Because I read it was really early. I started, I mean, I got a magic kit when I was maybe five, but I, I had no attention span for it. So that came and went really quick. When I was 12, I broke both of my arms because I was riding my bike while wearing rollerblades at the same time. Long story, I was not a smart kid. So I was in cast for six months and my doctor recommended I learn card tricks. He prescribed me magic, I guess. And that's how I became a magician. So I've been doing it ever since then. Ah, uh, Spud? Yes? I know you've made fun of the main card trick in my act that I have shown everyone on the show on many occasions in the studio. But you know, if I could just jump in here in the conversation with Justin, it would add another dimension. You know, magician to magician. We could take this interview to another level. Um, Justin, give me a brief moment. Uh, uh, like I said, calling yourself a magician because you know how to do one measly card trick I mean, that is so weak. I would I would be so embarrassed to perform that stupid trick, yeah, at least in public. Come on, hashtag sad. Gerald, you did that trick, oh, I think five times in front of me, and you only got it right once. You called out the wrong card in my hand the other time. Don't embarrass yourself any further and drop this now. Okay, Mrs. Jarvis, the problem I had that day was the deck of cards. They weren't broken in. I did get it right the last time I tried, right? Uh, being successful 20% of the time is not an impressive magic trick, okay? Let me get back to Justin. All right, I have returned. Okay. Well, the old chop the female assistant in two, uh, you know, bit isn't real popular with magicians these days. And I would guess mostly because it's tough to find people to do it now because people are a little smarter than they were in like the 50s and 60s. So sure. here's what I'm asking. No, no more. I guess you can't get away with like pulling rabbits out of a hat either. So being a modern magician, I, I would think that you had to create a whole bunch of like new stuff to, you know, to appeal to a different generation of those, those darn millennials. And you know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, those, you know, the old saw woman in half, the old, you know, the rabbit from the hat, I think are these little uh, relics of a bygone era of magic. And, you know, they, they look better on an old magic poster than in real life. I think the way we approach, you know, and I have a great magic team that I kind of assembled for the Netflix show. The way we approach it is really like, what are people today in this year, in this day and age, like curious about? What kind of stuff can we explore? What are just the ideas and concept. We, we kind of don't start with the trick. We start with, you know, just the, the bigger picture. You know, if we're gonna do an episode about uh, parenthood or about fear, like what are some of those big things? So like we did an episode where, uh, you know, people have this fear of uh, having a dream where they are in front of a group of people giving a speech and they realize they're naked, you know, the fear of being 
nude. And so I was like, okay, yeah. wouldn't that wouldn't that be funny if we did an episode where I went and performed at a nudist colony where I was naked and they were naked. And then from there, the tricks kind of start to write themselves. So I kind of like to start at the big idea and work backwards. For the at-home show, you know, the stuff via Zoom, I mean, I feel like these days we're all stuck at home. So the magic yeah. should all be things that are about home real life. You know, I feel like that's the most relatable stuff. Most people don't relate to a big box that's big enough to put a person in and saw in half. So, because it, it feels tricky and fishy, I think what really uh, leaves an impact on people is, is you know, things that happen with ordinary right. everyday stuff. Right. Well, don't pull a stapler out of your mouth because that would upset me. But okay. okay. Well, this is a little bit off track, but when, when you were hosting Cupcake Wars, did they like let you take home like the leftovers or at least some of the frosting? Because I, I buy by the can at the store, you know, and put it on as as much stuff as I can because I love it. Um, did, did you get unlimited supply of that stuff? I wouldn't say unlimited, but I did get to take home some leftovers because they didn't let me eat it on the show. So uh, I would take home whatever the judges said was was good. But often, you know, by the time I got home, those things were 24, 48 hours old. They weren't the best. But the good thing is that oh, through I Cupcake Wars, I, I was able to befriend Candace Nelson, who owns Sprinkles Cupcakes, and I was able to oh. kind of get a get the hookup moving forward. So that's nice. It's all uh, about who you know. Absolutely. That's that's major frosting juice. Uh, major. Don't, lose, don't lose her contact info. All right. Well, uh, getting back to magic. In 2011, you performed at the White House. And afterwards, I was wondering, did, did Barack Obama, like, ask you to explain or show you, you know, how to do any of your act, knowing that that stuff maybe, you know, might come in handy at like a NATO or G7 meeting, you know, when things get boring or something? You know, now that you mention it, maybe I should be offended that he didn't uh, have his Secret Service shake me down for the secrets. The security to get in there was so thorough, though, like... If he wanted to find out anything, he probably could watch the x-ray footage back and figure out where all the sneaky stuff was hidden. He was so cool, though. He was he kind of he heckled me in the performance. Now, you know, in comedy, there's always those drunk hecklers who think they're helping you by heckling you. You know, I'm trying to help you, you know, and they're never funny. They're horrible people. However, in this case, somehow Barack Obama knows how to be a good heckler because he was like it was like a hype man heckler. Like, uh, like, kind of like, how's he doing this stuff? How are you doing this kind of thing? Where did that bowling ball come from? Kids, this guy's a witch. You know, kind of like heckling, hyping. And I don't think anybody else could pull that off but him. Well, that must have been, uh, that's that's a memorable, most memorable moment. Um, the right. most memorable moment, for sure. Absolutely. Well, I know you got to go, but, but look, before you do, is there one bit of advice that maybe you would give aspiring magicians out there? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, besides, like, don't make yourself disappear permanently. It, you know, it would come in handy, but, you know, obviously it could cause some problems, some blowback from friends and family. But what, sure. what would you suggest? You know, um, I think I've learned <clears throat> in magic... It's not about the trick. You know, a lot of magicians think, oh, you got to have the best trick. It's all about the trick. It's not about the trick. It's about the person. You, you know, you have to be a human being. You have to be, uh, you have to have a story to tell. You have to have something about yourself that you're sharing via the trick. And the trick could be anything. Yeah, it should be, you know, the magic you do should be good. It shouldn't be like crappy and people know how you did it. Like it needs to be impressive. But I think what matters most is who you are 
being real and true to yourself and having mm -hmm. something to share through your magic. Well, everyone needs to know they can go to Netflix right now and catch three seasons worth of your show, Magic for Humans, and they can find out about your new live online show at justinwilman.com. Um, hey, man, I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the program. My pleasure. I appreciate you. This was fun. There you have it, Mr. Justin Wilman. Hi, Mr. Trump. This is the Spud Goodman Show. What's been your most memorable moment to this point as Donald Trump? What do you think? Just having a lot of fun and being Donald Trump. I've just had a great time and maybe meeting you. Well, I like to think that. This is Pepto Bismol. That's good stuff. Is the Spud Goodman Show. Uh, Spud, your last guest, Jason Butler Harner, is ready to go. Okay, you know, this dude has played some intense characters on the big screen and on TV. Uh, he played, you know, that FBI agent Roy Petty on Ozark. He was ruthless. Uh, you know, when he when he met his demise, uh, I was torn because, you know, he's such a good actor. I was going to miss him on the show, but but the guy he played just, just had to go. What are you objectifying on? Oh, yeah, he was a very bad man. And, yes, his character had to go. But... Damn, Jason is really hot. And I love Ozark. What a great show. Ozark. Okay, is that a show about Branson, Missouri? My wife, Rachel, and I have been there several times. You know, it's in the heart of the Ozarks. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Uh, no, it's a Netflix show. Uh, you wouldn't like it. Oh. oh, no, Gerald. No, it's not your kind of show. Let's leave it at that. Uh, yeah, just put him through. Uh, very well, here he is. Say hello to actor Jason Butler Harner. Uh, thanks very much for coming on our show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Hey, Seattle, please, someone go get me an Uptown Espresso, my favorite coffee in the country. There you go. All right. Well, you co-star in the new Fox series, next airing Tuesdays at 9, 8 Central. Now, this show has a really interesting premise. Can, can you please share the basics for our listeners? Absolutely. So, as you said, next on Fox at 9, it's about an artificial intelligence called Next, which is designed by my brother, played by John Slattery, character yeah. named Paul LeBlanc. I'm his brother, Ted. And we, this computer AI is starting to take over the world. And so a team of FBI people and us are chasing after it. It's a tight thriller in a condensed time brought to you by uh, the two of the guys who do This Is Us, John Rico, Glenn Fricara, and Manny Cotto, who's done a bunch of shows, including 24 and Dexter. So he's really good about time crunch pressure things happening over a short series. Super. Um, well, as Stephen Hawking did state that artificial intelligence was, was going to destroy the world, does, does playing your character, Ted LeBlanc, who, who now runs a company, give you the creeps as he, he does nothing to stop an out-of-control AI creation, right? Well, he does. He, in, in the pilot, he, so it's, uh, the fourth episode airing uh, soon. So in the pilot, uh, he doesn't know. They're developing it because it's uh, the brother of me, Ted. They're developing it to be something like uh, a personal assistant, right? And they think it's going to be really helpful. They don't know that it's up to no good. And then they discover it because somebody has um, ad added a modem. Oh, so it's, okay. it's outside of the actual building. So then they're chasing it together. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not like a Mr. Burns on steroids. But it is so. a classic okay. story of commerce, right? Like, 
It's like all these things make our lives easier. We love them. I use them. How to, getting someplace, you know, using your, just so used to using your MapQuest or Waze or whatever, Google Maps, whatever. Spud. What? Well, I have not seen Jason's show next yet, but it sounds very scary to me. I also fear what that artificial intelligence could do to this world, and more importantly, to my family and I. You continue to make fun of my choice to stay with AOL as my internet service provider and web portal, but it is a very safe way to go. I don't have to lay awake at night worrying if my computer is doing a deep dive into my life and maybe taking over control of our family. Uh, Jason, just a sec. I'll be right back. I don't think it's possible for your computer to take control of your life. Though, if it could, it would be worth dropping that worthless dinosaur AOL from your online life. Do you still have a MySpace page? Oh, Spud, I have advised Gerald many times to leave the 90s behind with his internet service, but he just won't listen. Well, peace of mind is well worth the extra time it takes for our dial-up connection to get us on that internet. Speed and a strong uh, Wi-Fi signal are highly overrated. Uh, if you say so, Mr. Flintstone, now let me return to Jason. I'm back. Thanks, bud. Well, I got I got to obviously hit you up with this one. Um, you, Jason, your two seasons on Ozark were, were quite memorable, playing Agent Roy Petty. He, he was Thanks. pretty messed up. Uh, so with the method thing, I don't know what your approach is. Was that a role that you took home with you? Because I, I hope not. Well, I mean, you go to dark places. You know, I played some um, heavy characters. Uh, you know, I yeah. did. A, I did. A, I played a great character at, at uh, Seattle Rep in like '99 to play Beauty Queen of Linan. I got to play this character right there in Seattle, which is how I discovered that great city. Um, he was messed up, <laughs> but uh, yeah, on Ozark, he was Roy was a troubled, troubled guy trying to take down the bad a bad guy and had some bad um maybe all of his methods weren't the best that's for sure but you know justice always justice always wins so there i was floating down river with one open eye yeah he yeah he uh, had his own version of justice yeah uh, uh great performance by the way i have to say that obviously um yeah so um Thank you. well you did uh, three episodes of Homeland in 2013. Did did you do any scenes w- with Claire Danes? Because when she does Carrie Matheson experiencing mental anguish, it's pretty intense. I would think retakes would be tough. Is there only so many performances that demanding in any actor? No, I think the thing, listen, I, as I sort of mentioned, I was raised in the theater where you're doing it eight times a week. So okay. uh, All right. it's built in in terms of stamina built in but yeah i so i actually i forget what season it is four maybe it begins with me pulling her out of a mental institution and you don't know why and then you discover later why um but she's so lovely and so great and yet so intense uh that her she that character was that she talk about how did she live in that character for how many other seasons that was you yeah. know that's a long time yeah and a mom too. I don't. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't taking the job home at night. That I don't know. I don't know. She's a superhuman actress. But anyway, all right. Um, what well, you? Appear- I think you you learn. You're right. We all learn how to shed it. You know. We all learn like 
sometimes it's just the walk home if you're doing a play or something. The walk home is the part where you let it go. Other, I think for everybody else in this country, it's the drive home where we're all doing our best to leave our work behind us and you know pivot to being with our family. So it's the same thing for actors, but. Some of them are definitely harder than others. That's that's for sure. Well, I, there might be some rules where you need a longer walk or drive home, but okay, all right, gotcha. Um, that's true. Yeah, you you appeared in season three of, of Ray Donovan. The, 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 there sure are a lot of fistfights on that show. Did you have to take or hand out a few punches? It's kind of like choreographing a ballet, right? If you want to make it appear, appear realistic, and I was wondering if you maybe take an occasional real one. No, I, fortunately, I love fights. I just did one. Last night, actually, I'm in New York. Finished, I just finished something last night. We had a fight in an elevator, which is really fun. The, the scariest thing about fighting in an elevator nowadays is that you don't have a mask on, and, and are you <laughs> is the silent killer of COVID going to get you? Yeah. Um, but I love all that stuff. I love fight choreography. I love being rigged up. You know, when you take a bullet, you get pulled back on this uh, on a on a harness. I love all of that stuff so much. But I've never. Um, on a film set or TV set, I've never taken a lick. Thank goodness I'm going to knock on wood right now. But I've definitely seen things happen where something goes wrong. On uh, Ray Donovan, I was in, uh, in that season, that's where I was, Katie Holmes and I were a couple, and Ian McShane was her dad. Oh, and yeah, then at yeah, the yeah. end of that season, or mid-season, he kills me with a poker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, what I have done a lot, on film is lay in a pool of blood. I have definitely done that a lot. Wow. All right. That's a, that's a skill that, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let, let, let me remind everyone again that your Fox series next is now airing Tuesdays at, at nine, eight central. Um, Hey, I, I just want to thank you so much for calling in. You're so welcome. Have a good day. Well, there you have it. Mr. Jason Butler Harner. My, how time flies. But if you're serious about reconciling our political differences, you first need to admit that there was incredible fraud in the election. Now, maybe we, yeah, maybe we can't stage a do-over at this point, but we both know Donald Trump actually won. Uh, without the thumb of the deep state weighing it in the Democrats' direction, especially in those... Um, certain kinds of neighborhoods like Milwaukee and Philadelphia. You know the places I'm talking about. Without those voters, he would have prevailed in a landslide. I love the poorly educated. Uh, look, Democrats are so disorganized, there is no way they could cheat even if they wanted to. Just, just let it go and move on. We have a new president-elect now. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. My parents haven't moved on as they're still arguing day and night about this election. Huh. My dad's a huh. big Trump fan and he has this huge flag with his face on it. My mom made him take it down from the front yard so he just put it up in the garage where he spends a lot of his time now. My mom despises Trump. She calls huh. him a lot of nasty names and it drives my dad crazy. Dorothy, I sure hope we'll never have political disagreements in our marriage. Well, as long as you don't suddenly develop a toxic mix of macho, ignorant, and racist behavior, I think we'll be fine. 
you know, Chance, I would be interested in looking at the refrigerator in, in your parents' house. You know, because there was this article in the newspaper about the differences in what Democrats and Republicans eat, you know, and drink at home. Uh, with a split marriage, like in your house, I, I, I bet it must look kind of schizophrenic in there to you when you open it up. Is there a bunch of like pig's feet and, and Dr. Pepper mixed in with some extra firm tofu and oat milk? All I wanted was a Pepsi, just one Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. Kind of, yeah. Now that you mention it, they do have a really wide variety of food in there. Nowadays, I have my own part of the fridge and cupboards for my food. Trying to eat a low cholesterol diet, thanks to Dorothy. Well, since I will be doing the cooking in our marriage, I'm just trying to ease your adjustment to what I eat myself before the wedding. It takes time to adjust to a different diet. Uh, nice to know, but our engineer Trevor just texted me that uh, we have a caller who wants to wade in on this topic. Hey, uh, why didn't Trevor text me your chance? You know, while we do this show on a remote basis, that is our job. Uh, to let you know that there's a caller, you know? Well, sorry we bypassed the chain of command. Uh, take it up with Trevor. Uh, just let me let me take this. Caller, uh, you're on the air, or whoever you are. I don't even have a clue who you are. I am. Okay, good. So I'm a big Trump supporter. To say, does this phony, phony oh. election allowed to stand, then Biden will only be holding the seat in the Oval Office warm until Trump wins again in 2024. I mean, he... No, no, call, caller, caller, caller. Um... Uh, I'm talking. I am speaking to a man, right? You're a man. Okay. Uh, anyway, so you you are you aren't interested much in reconciliation. It sounds like to me, and, and um, you're you're kind of a sore loser. That's what you really sound like to me right now. Well, I didn't ask you. If I was your co-host okay, Gary, man. I would not take your condescending attitude lying down. Hey, Gary, grow up here and fight back, dude. Tell this libtard oh. host that he needs to wake up and smell the coffee. Trump is still and will remain the leader of this country. I don't think it's going to happen. I am taking a stand caller. And, and uh, by the way, my name is Gerald. If you're a regular listener, you would have known. I have stood strong over the last four years defending Donald Trump on this show. I've taken considerable abuse with the jokes and mean comments on my Facebook page, too. Uh, caller, are you married? Me? Uh, yeah, I am. And have you had sex in the last few months with your wife? I doubt it. Uh, that's sort of private, not something I would discuss on a radio show. Oh, you don't have to. We can read between the lines. You dick! Uh, and Dorothy, I, I watch Fox News a lot, and there are a ton of women who go to, like, Trump rallies also, and some of those mega guys are probably still having sex with the MAGA women in their lives. Uh, I mean, it's hard. yeah, I mean, caller, is, is your wife a Trumper too? Well, she doesn't seem to care much about politics, but I think she knows Trump is a great man. Uh, well, are you a country or city mouse then? A mouse? Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't you ever read those books with, with those, you know, the cute little mice in them? Uh, I checked out a few from the library. They're really popular. Come on, City Mouse, Country Mouse. Um, they're, they're supposed to be only for little kids, but I think they're kind of cool myself. And, they, you know, they, they have really neat stories. And uh, so, you know, what kind of mouse are you? That's what it's just, just pl go along with it. That's, I'm just asking. If you're asking me where I live, what does that have to do with anything? 
I don't want the deep well, state finding me. Uh, yeah, I, so smart people who do a lot of research now say that, you know, this country has split into two political worlds. Uh, and there's been a bunch of articles about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you read an actual newspaper. I, I think they broke it down to if there are more Cracker Barrel restaurants or or more Whole Food stores like in your county where you live. That is the test they came up with in figuring out where the political lines are drawn in this country. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Well, you know, our family does love Cracker Barrels, and no, we do not patronize Whole Food stores. My wife Rachel says they allow illegal immigrants to sell their wares out front. Um, are you referring to like food trucks parked in, like in their lot? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I didn't ask her what they were selling. The best food in my area are from the food trucks parked in the vacant lot by the mall. I know most of it is somewhat high in cholesterol, Dorothy, but it just tastes so good. Oh, sweetie, there's nothing wrong with going off the diet occasionally. No worries. We're talking about mice and food trucks here. The topic was the illegitimate uh, election and how we need to keep President Trump in office for the sake of the world. What the hell do you have to lose? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure most of the world, the the, the places without stone cold killers, you know, dictators like, uh, I don't know, in Russia, North Korea and Saudi Arabia, among others, they want some fresh blood in the White House. OK, and Joe Biden is well liked by most leaders from countries we call good buddies, or, or at least we used to call them that. We don't need friends in other countries. America's just fine all by ourselves. We should have a ban on all visitors from other countries. Who needs them? Some of them never go home. Well, I hear you. You know, way back, I, I think those pilgrims pulled a fast one too, you know? I don't know if you, you've read a history book, but you know, when they when they first came over here, they, they kind of pulled one on the Native Americans. I mean, they, they overstayed their visit and never left either. Oh no. Yeah, that's not what I was referring to. So what we need to do here is- Well, we, we don't have time to like go there right now because I have to sign off, but uh, I, I do appreciate you checking in. Uh, get rid of the guy, please. All right. Hey, uh, you know, Spud, maybe maybe we can reconcile after the show. Uh, can I call you to discuss this further? I don't think so. Today? You know, I need to finish up watching season three of Money Heist again on Netflix. I think it's something like the third time I've seen the whole thing. Uh, I love that show. Uh, maybe text me over the weekend. Keep it short, though, and do not spam me. Don't go on and on and on. Uh, all right. <clears throat> okay. I, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Uh, later. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pike. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs> <laughs>